Well, good evening. How's everyone doing? Good? Yeah? Well, we're still, um, we're still getting the warm weather, right? I think it's gonna, it should be done here pretty soon. Maybe in December. <laughs> it's Southern California. It's funny. We, we always, you know, we look forward to it, and then we get like a little taste of it. We're like, oh, here it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's back up to 90. Yeah, but that's, um, you know, that's something as I've traveled throughout um, the country, uh, you just don't have, you know, weather like Southern California. We pay for it, but, you know, Southern California is just Southern California. And uh, we can go to the beach on a nice October day and then go up into the mountains and, and enjoy some, a little bit of crisp weather up there and, and, uh, and do all that. And then go fishing and then, right? We can do all, all of the above. That's Southern California. But just enjoying it. Uh, we're going into a, uh, it, this is my favorite time of the year to where it's just the, the fall time and, and going into, um, uh, you know, families getting together and doing all kinds of stuff together as a church family as well. And um, so with that, we have, uh, let's see, we have coming up a few things. Um, I hope you marked your calendars for November 10th. That's our 10-year anniversary, so make sure you mark your calendars for that. We also have, I believe it's this Sunday that we have the pumpkin um, potluck this Sunday. Um, So we have that. Um, We have um, the Christmas play coming up as well in December, which um, the the kids, Jamie's been leading that, and and the kids have been uh, preparing for that. That's in December. And um, and so we have some things coming up, the Christmas market um, for the ladies. And uh, then we also have the train that's coming, if you can't hear it. No, we have the men's conference, um, and that's coming up. What, what day is that? Does anyone remember? No? I don't either, so I can't give you a hard time about it. But it's, uh, it's the men's conference, which uh, Pastor Chuck Smith used to have these every year. And, um, and so what happened was uh, Pastor John Randall, um, it, the Lord put it on his heart to, to have this again at the Anaheim Convention Center. And so the men... We're having a, a men's conference there, and November 9th. November 9th, yeah. So it's the day before our 10-year anniversary. Uh, we're going to caravan carpool down to the Anaheim Convention Center. I believe it's the same day as the uh, the women's Christmas uh, event, right? <clears throat> the Christmas market. So the men are going to go down there, and the ladies can stick around here and, and do the market. So that's what we have going on. Also on the 27th, we have a baptism right here. If, uh, if, you're, if you'd like to be baptized, you haven't, um, make sure you sign up right away. Um, this Sunday after service, I'm going to just brief those who are going to be baptized and just go over what baptism is and what it's not. And that way you have a good understanding of, of um, what you're doing when you go and get baptized on, on the 27th. So that'll be, this Sunday will be um, the after service um, kind of just gathering to go over baptisms. Um, and then the Sunday after that, the 27th, we'll have baptism. So that's what's going on. So let's get into our study. We're in First Samuel chapter 3. And um, this is just uh, another great study, a time when uh, young Samuel is learning how to discern the voice of God. And, um, and something that I believe for all of us we need to hold as being very important to us, something that we ought to be exercising 
uh, on a regular basis, and that is is uh, learning how to discern uh, the voice of God in our own lives. So let's pray, and then we'll get to our study. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Um, the fact that you do speak to us is is pretty amazing in and of itself. And uh, in times past, you did it uh, through the prophets and visions and dreams and um, spoke face to face as with Moses and Abraham. And uh, and yet today, Lord, we know as, as it says in Hebrews chapter 1 that that we have the whole counsel. You spoke to us in, it, in the fullness of it from Genesis to Revelation. And so we have that before us. And so it is that we study this evening how it is that young Samuel was learning under the instruction of Eli, the priest, um, how to uh, discern uh, when you are speaking to him. And so, Father, I I pray that you would instruct us this evening, that you would give us understanding, that we too would be sensitive to that still small voice, that when you speak to us, Lord, it is not in the storm or the earthquake or the fire, Lord, but but that whisper, that that still small voice that comes... um, through your word, and as the Holy Spirit gives us remembrance of that, Lord, may you give us wisdom, uh, Lord, to learn how to apply it and respond in a way that's fitting for the one who is considered your child and, and a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we commit this time into your hands, Lord. We thank you for it, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So Samuel was a young boy learning to minister to the Lord. And keep in mind, though, that as he was learning how to minister to the Lord, um, he was ministering to the Lord. You know, it wasn't something to where uh, he, he learned how to minister to the Lord prior to ministering to the Lord. He was, it was just all hands-on. Hands On-the-job training is what the way that we would uh, describe it today, something, a term that we're familiar with. And that, that was Samuel, under the leadership, guidance, and instruction of Eli. And he was taught, he was being taught how to discern the voice of God. And this, again, is something very important that we ought to learn how to do ourselves today. So let's start out. Verse 1 gives us a, a little background to what we have before us. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. So... Just a little background as far as what Samuel was doing and and the state of affairs in that day as far as Israel was concerned. This chapter specifically addresses the time in Samuel's life when he learns how to discern the voice of God. Uh, He learns, how to number one, how to respond when God speaks, and number two, how to deliver what uh, what, what he hears, what the Lord speaks to him. And so two things, how to respond to God when he speaks, and number two, how to deliver that which he has received from the Lord. Two very important things, and again, something very basic that we ought to give ourselves to and practice on a regular basis. Now, this was the third time that we see it written that Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, and also in that chapter, verse 18, two separate times. And then here, thirdly, in this verse. Now, to minister is something that we need to understand. Uh, A minister of the Lord is someone who attends to the needs of someone, and specifically as we uh, make reference to that which is within the church, is we're ministering to the needs of the Lord. Not that he needs anything, but that 
But what this means is that we serve him in what and the manner in which he has established that he may be glorified, that he may be honored, and that he may be exalted. So he sets the standard and we simply minister to those standards that he sets according to his word. And so we have young Samuel ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli at a time when the word of the Lord, you could say, was rare. Uh, It says here that in those days, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, there was no frequent vision. Uh, When God did speak, though, it was usually a word of judgment is what we've seen. And even in the last chapter, we saw how it was that the man of God came and was sent by the Lord to give a word of judgment to Eli because of his sons. Remember his two sons, how it was also they were blaspheming the Lord. And not only that, but the error of Eli in how he handled or failed to handle um, his, his boys in how they were ministering and stealing from the Lord. Remember how it was that we covered that last week. And so it was that the Lord sent this man of God to speak a word of judgment against Eli and basically his family and his lineage as far as ministering to the Lord for future gener- generations. The Lord was saying he was going to cut him off. So even though there was corruption within the priesthood, God, we know, was raising up young Samuel to serve him with godly integrity. In verse 2, as we continue, it says, At that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. And so this further describes Eli's uh, health. His his health was not that great anymore. He was getting old. His eyesight was diminishing. And not only was he nearing the end of his life, but physically, but, but spiritually, we know that he was diminishing as well. As we've come to know what had transpired with his two sons in the judgment that the Lord had declared on his life. And so we know, spiritually speaking, with his two sons and, and his lineage and his priesthood, as far as his family was concerned, that was coming to an end. Um, but, as, but there was something else that was going on. And the Lord, uh, despite this, the, that situation, he was still using, using Eli in Samuel's life to raise him up, to learn how to minister to the Lord. And so the time was also defined here. It says that that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. This is an interesting statement, but one that we can uh, uh, learn and understand, which means that this was just before the sun came up. That's that's all that means. Uh, It means at just before dawn, you know, the break of light. Uh, You know, twilight is when you don't see the sun, but you see the the light from the sun and so it's beyond the horizon it's dipped under the horizon and so that would be twilight so at this point uh, the sun hadn't risen yet and it was not dawn it was still early, early in the morning so early that it was still i'm sure it was still dark at that time and so that's what that means when it says here the lamp of god had not yet gone out but there was another something else that we can refer to Um, that we can know what this means. In Exodus chapter 27, verse 21, it says that the priest is responsible for making sure that the lamp remains lit until sunrise or dawn. And so therefore, this statement clearly identifies 
the hour of the night that we're looking at. For this reason, we know the meaning of the saying. The, the time is very early in the morning before dawn. So Samuel obviously was still asleep. Eli was still sleeping. And Samuel, we see here by what, what is described, was asleep in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. How sweet, right? In that very place, in the presence of the Lord, we see young Samuel. And it's believed by, by the writer, uh, by Josephus, uh, the Jewish historian, that Samuel was about 12 years old. And, uh, and he, was a man, uh, he was a young man that was learning and growing in the Lord, learning how to minister to the Lord. And, and he was in that very place. And we'll see in a few moments what his job was, one of his responsibilities was, as he rises up in the morning and, and follows through with those things. So Samuel was asleep in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And verse 4, chapter 3, says, when the, Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Two times we see here in these few verses, the Lord called Samuel. And two times Samuel got up and went to Eli thinking that it was Eli that was calling him. The first time that the Lord had called Samuel, we see it described how it was that young Samuel um, got up immediately. And he ran to Eli. And he presented himself to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. And can you imagine, what time is it, right? Go lay down, Samuel, Samuel, go lay down. And he went and lay down. The second time, it's described, he went, but he went in haste. He went and presented himself to Eli once more. When the Lord had called him a second time. So he went to Eli once more and presented himself to Eli. Either way, Samuel we learn some things even by the way he responded to the call of his name. Samuel wasn't in that place, and, and when he heard his name, he, he didn't yell out from that very place where he was at. And think about this. What? Right? If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You call them, right? And then you have to teach them to come. <laughs> But most kids will, will yell from where they're at. What? He, he didn't do that. He got up. Got up. Samuel didn't ignore when he was called. He got up immediately. And he, and he ran. And he, and he went to where Eli was. And he presented himself. He immediately responded. That's the whole point. He immediately responded to the calling of his name. Even though he didn't discern the voice of the Lord accurately, he was thinking it was Eli that was calling him. When it was not Eli, it was the Lord. And think about this. It says here that, that in verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. See, he needed to learn to discern the voice of God, but he didn't yet know the Lord. He was serving the Lord. He was serving the Lord. 
Our kids, you know, they have to get to a point in their lives to where they personally know the Lord. They, they can't know the Lord through us. We can encourage them and show them what it is to have a relationship with the Lord. But we need to lead them to the Lord. At some point, it has to be their own relationship. Hopefully, we ourselves present ourselves to the Lord in such a manner. As we're called, we present ourselves to the Lord, and we have an example to set before our kids that that when they see it, they too, they hear the voice of the Lord, and they present themselves to the Lord. But at this point, we know that young Samuel did not know the Lord personally, as it says there in verse 7. And yet the Lord called him. We can also look at this as a young Samuel that didn't yet know what it was to know the Lord, to have that personal relationship with him. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about when I first came to the Lord, and and even if I look back like five years ago, two years ago, even a year ago, and I think about my relationship with the Lord, and, and I so relate to young Samuel. How was that? You know, at this point, I I think I know the Lord. I'm enjoying a relationship with him. I think I'm sensitive to his voice. And yet there's so much more. I can tell you with utmost sincerity that today I'm enjoying my relationship with the Lord today more than ever before. You know, I thought I was in love with him when I first came to the Lord totally grateful for how it was that he saved me by grace. You know, that he, he sent his son to die on the cross in my place. And, and I, was, I was just overwhelmed. But I couldn't even begin to imagine how it would be, as far as that relationship is concerned, between the Lord and myself 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. It just keeps getting better. But you have to continue to exercise that relationship and nurture that relationship and grow that relationship in the Lord. You need to abide in the Lord, drawing close to him, having fellowship, enjoying that time. Otherwise, we become stagnant and we, we learn to just rely on what we learned the first year. And that's just, uh, it becomes stale. We need, we need fresh manna every single day to grow to continue to enjoy the relationship and how it is that it's growing. And we're maturing as we do so. So here's young Samuel. And at this point, he, he hears God's audible voice. And Samuel responds. But when Samuel got up and presented himself to Eli, both times Eli told Samuel to go back to bed. Eli thought that maybe Samuel was hearing things. He wasn't sure. We don't know. We, we're not told here. But we do know that Samuel also didn't, or Eli didn't discern that it was the Lord's voice at those two times. He simply thought, you know what, Samuel, you're, you're hearing things pretty much. Go back to bed. You didn't hear a thing. But it's neat how he responded, how young Samuel responded. There are other times in biblical history when men responded in this manner. One of those examples is Abraham in Genesis 22.1. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. You can probably think of, of others who responded in the same manner. Here I am. Here I am. Moses, Jacob, Isaiah. We know uh, 
Ananias in, in Damascus. Remember when the Lord came to him and he said that Saul was going to come to him? Oh, no, not Saul. You know, we know how it is that he persecutes the church. No, Saul. And he, and he presented himself. When he heard the Lord speaking to him, he said, here I am. Again, Samuel didn't know that it was the Lord, but he was learning how to respectfully and reverently respond to the Lord by how he was taught to reverently and respectfully respond to Eli. You see that picture? You know, he was, he was, he was taught, and obviously it was there. When, when he heard his name, he, he went immediately and presented himself to Eli in a respectful and an irreverent manner. And I, I believe, I believe the way we respond to God when we first hear his voice, his word has a lot to do with how we were taught to respond to someone in authority, especially our parents, as we're growing up. I think, I think it has that influence on us. It has that impact. And I say it first because that's why we always have to continue to, to get, dig into the word, to be a student of the word, to grow uh, in, in, in our relationship with the Lord because we begin to learn what it means to be, what it means to have the fear of the Lord, what it means to be reverent toward him, what it means to love him, what it means to be respectful toward him, what it means to bless and honor him and praise him and worship him. We learn those things. But at first, I, I think we're influenced and we can't help but respond to him perhaps in a way that we were shown how to respond to authority when we were younger. Like I said, especially responding to our parents. But if we read and study and learn how we ought to be, then we will mature and grow out of that immature way of responding to God's word. And this is, this is one of my prayers for the church. That we would grow, that we would mature in that area. I see too often how it is that when we're, when we're confronted with the word of God, the truth of God's word, that we do not bend and surrender enough to the authority of God's word in our lives. We still try and justify, we still try and, and buck against it, you know, and, and, and turn away and justify why it is that we're going to do things our way, so on and so forth. You know, so for us, we need, to, we, need to, we need to grow up. We need to grow up. We need to grow out of that immature way of responding to God's word. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. See, child, uh, children. Children throw tantrums, don't they? When they don't get their way, some more than others, throw tantrums and, and they, they try and argue. They try and um, manipulate situations. It's the way they think. It's what they speak. Uh, it's, it's how they're reasoning, right? But at some point, hopefully, those children learn what it means to reason like, a, like, a, like an adult uh, how it is to think like an adult, and therefore how to speak like an adult. And so get to a point to where, okay, I can reason, I can dialogue, I can converse, I can receive. Right? And then we learn what it is to have God govern our lives. And as Christians, 
the way we demonstrate our maturity as Christians is how well we surrender to the authority of God in our lives. That's how we demonstrate it. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That, that's a, a Christian who is, who is along the way and in, in their path and maturity get to the point to where when I'm faced with this truth that I have here that I've come across, I surrender to it. So when we grow up in Christ, we ought to give up the childish ways of speaking, thinking, and reasoning. And so, as we'll see, Samuel was learning. So 12 years old. About that time. And he was learning, even at that age, how to discern the voice of God. Verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So a third time, a third time young Samuel comes to Eli and presents himself. And at this point, Eli the light turns on, right? The light comes on and it's like, ah, okay, 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 okay. So third time, really. So Samuel, you, you heard this voice a third time. Yes, I heard it a third time. It's not you. No, it's, it wasn't me. But you know what? Here's the thing. You're going to do something now. Here's when the teacher needs to be discerning himself. The teacher... Uh, the parent, uh, the, the Bible study leader, um, the, the youth leader, uh, just the ministry leader has to be discerning themselves. Remember that, that coming together in fellowship, we are to be fulfilling the Great Commission. We are to making, be making disciples of all nations, disciples of all people. And we have all the people right here. All we have to do is, is us ourselves exercise the discerning of God's voice and then teach others how to do that very same thing as long as we know God's word and we know how to discern his voice. And so here's this teacher. The teacher needs to be discerning himself and lead the student to respond to the Lord. To the Lord. This is what we're seeing here. This is teaching someone to be a disciple, a follower of the Lord. This is the third time that the Lord called out to Samuel, and he will often call out several times to us before we understand that it's the Lord calling out to us. How do we know if it's the Lord is, is really the question that we ought to be asking. If what we think we're being told aligns with his word, it has to align with his word. If it's opposed to his word, it's, it's not him. It just isn't. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. You know, well, that sounds really good. I really would like to do that. But, well, if it's opposed to his world, uh, word, then, then it's not him. I can tell you 100%, it is not him. And so the first thing we we do is learn how to respond to the Lord. This is what we see here with Samuel. We can learn a lot about how Eli was teaching Samuel 
in how to be ready and respond ourselves. Number one, uh, Eli, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you. So Eli was not presumptuous there. He wasn't assuming that, you know, he was telling them that's the Lord. That's definitely the Lord. He was saying, hey, listen, go lay, go lay down. He says, if he calls you, just because you think he's trying to get your attention doesn't mean he is. Or just because you think he's telling you something specific doesn't mean he is. It, it may be something you want to hear. So that's why we have to, we have to listen closely. Like I said, sometimes there are certain things that we just, we just want to hear that. We just want to hear it. But when we think things through, and when we pray and seek the Lord and wait on Him, it may be that it was just something that we desired, not necessarily what God was speaking to us about. We can't get ahead of God. If you're filled with worry and anxiety and you're stressed out, and that's how you're thinking you're going to hear from God, you're wrong. You're, you're not going to hear. You're not going to hear. Why? Because you're full of yourself. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so once you... you you give that anxiety up to the Lord and you give Him that worry. You give Him that overwhelming feeling and you trust in Him, then you'll be in that place to where you have a peace. No matter how it is that He answers you or He doesn't answer you, it's okay. Why? Because God is sovereign. He's Lord over my life. He has authority over my life. He's governing my life. And whatever path He directs me on, I'm willing to go. It's a win-win situation. Just relax. Relax, chill, right? And rest in the Lord. Just rest in the Lord. But for Eli, he was teaching Samuel. He says, hey, listen, if, if he calls you, don't, so don't be presumptuous. Again, if God is speaking to you, it will line up with his word, not against it. Number two, he was telling them, be ready to listen. Our desire is for God to speak and for us to be quiet and listen. Don't interrupt him. And don't try and justify your position. When he speaks, you listen. Be ready to do just that. What is it? Uh, Psalm uh, 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Know that I am God. But you know that God is speaking to you when, again, it lines up with his word. Too many people speak over God's word. What I mean by that is, have you ever been in a conversation to where you can't... You, you can't really wait for the other person to stop talking. And so you're like, okay, they're talking too much. I'm just going to talk over them and end their, you know, their statement or whatever they're saying and go over. We're all guilty of doing that at some point. At least most of us are, right? But we can't do that with the Lord. Just, again, just wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. You know what it means to wait on the Lord too? It means that we hope in the Lord. We hope. So our hope lies in Him. He is our, he is our certain. He is our perfect hope. 
So again, it's never, never a, a matter of losing or winning. It's always a win-win with him. So just wait on the Lord. Whatever it is that he has for us, we're ready to listen. It's no, go, slow, later, whatever it is. When you give God the place to speak, then we wait and we listen. Number three, he says, take the position of a servant. He says, when, when you hear, if he calls, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Take the position of a servant. A servant is waiting to receive orders and do them. That's what a servant does. Just a word alone. Right, here I am. I'm, I'm your servant, Lord. Take that position. You are subservient to the master. You are there for whatever it is that he has for you to do. So we take, take that place. We take that position. A servant is waiting to receive orders and do them. A servant follows the will of his master. And so Eli was teaching Samuel how to respond to the voice of God. Again, these are all just basic instructions, something that we ought to really listen closely to and apply to our own lives in that relationship that we have with the Lord, to learn how to recognize his voice and then respond in this manner. Let's deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus in this manner. Our children need to be taught the same thing. New Christians need to be taught how to do this. Backslidden, rebellious Christians who recommit their lives to the Lord need to be taught how to do this very, same, this very thing. To get into that place to where we learn. Can you imagine if we all got into this position before the Lord? It would be very simple. When we, went, when we go back and forth, we're all growing and learning. We take that place before a holy and sovereign God we'd have a lot less problems, wouldn't we? we? We would. Why? Because we're all taking orders from the Lord. He is our head. And whatever it is that he says, that's, that's where we want to glorify and bless him. We want to honor him, revere him. And so we need to learn how to discern and listen to God's voice, his word. And that, that's exactly what Samuel was doing here. Verse 10, let's continue. And the Lord came and stood... Calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. He did exactly what Eli had told him to do. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declared to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. What a way to learn the voice of the Lord, right? This is the message that young Samuel got at the ripe old age of 12. 12 years old, can you imagine? Heavy. Heavy. The Lord spoke this to, to young Samuel. Well, Samuel responded just as Eli had instructed him to respond. 
And the Lord spoke to him. That's why, I mean, this is, this is even further evidence that our kids, I mean, we have kids, that's why here at this church, oh, we place a heavy emphasis on the Word of God. Just teaching them in the children's ministry, teaching them in the youth, and, and on, just preparing them to be able to discern the voice of God. You know, we have fun in, in the youth, but, but our, our purpose, and one thing that I've always told um, the, the youth leaders, is that they are to teach the Word of God. They are to um, help them learn what the Word of God says, and for them to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because here we have this young man, Samuel. And the Lord laid this on him. How is it that we have sometimes, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, and we're still treating them uh, like little 10-year-olds? And we want to entertain them and have fun with them. And we think that that's what should be something that attracts them to church. No, church needs to be church. <laughs> really, quite frankly, church needs to be church. I think we need to get back to that very basic thing. That as we're in church, we teach the Word of God. We show them what it means to follow the Lord, what it means to be a disciple, because that's what's going to serve them all their lives, that very thing. And so here was young Samuel. He was given this this message by the Lord regarding the judgment that was promised in the previous chapter and now is coming to fruition. And this saying, the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. This is what the Lord said to young Samuel. It means that this, this is going to be severe judgment. In other words, this is for us to understand it today. The two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle basically means their skin is going to crawl because it's so disturbing. They will get the heebie-jeebies because of the anxiety and nervousness they'll feel. You know, today we, we understand those terms. You know, anxiety, it's overwhelming, it's so disturbing, my skin crawls. And this is what the Lord was saying. This judgment is going to be so severe that the people who hear it, this is what they're going to experience. And God had already told Eli that judgment was coming. He did it through the man of God, and now he was doing it through the mouth of a child. And he was doing it through young Samuel. And God was reminding Eli that although he had spoken with his sons, he failed to restrain them. Remember last week, we, we said there's a time to rebuke. But if, if that rebuke is not heeded, there's a time to remove. And what happened here is that the relationship, see, Eli was both their high priest, but he was also their father. And, and, he, and so it, it was a tough situation to where he, he heard, he knew, he reprimanded them, he rebuked them, but they didn't stop doing what they were doing, and he failed to remove them. And so in that sense, he allowed them to continue, and he did not restrain them. And that was by accusation of the Lord. This is what the Lord had brought to Eli's attention. 
In fact, in chapter 2, verse 29, it says, when, uh, Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings? This, this is what the Lord was bringing to Eli through the man of God that he had sent to Eli. He says, Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling and honor your sons above me? By fattening yourselves on the choicest parts of every offering of my people, Israel. Why is it that you allow your sons to take advantage of my people and and take the best of what's offered to me for themselves? You scorn my sacrifices and my offerings. And this is what he was accusing. He didn't say your, your sons do. Your sons do, but in... In effect, because you failed to restrain them, you yourself are scorning my sacrifices and my offerings. You didn't restrain them. So Eli knew this. And as I said last week, and I said a few moments ago, Eli's lack of response may have been clouded or affected by the fact that he was not only their high priest, but also their father. And God's message to Eli through Samuel was that this judgment was certain. At this point, n- nothing, nothing will turn it around. There's nothing that, they could, that he could do. Nothing would atone for the trespass, no atonement, no sacrifice. It's thought that perhaps at the time that the man of God came with this judgment uh, toward Eli, that he had an opportunity to repent, but didn't. Um, we don't know that. We, we do know that, that this word came through this man of God, and it was a judgment that was called out, that was declared. And so here it was that it was confirmed, it was being spoken again through the mouth of young Samuel. And so it was both a reminder to Eli of the judgment, but it was also this moment to where God was using it to prepare young Samuel to minister to the Lord and to recognize his voice. Are you going to repeat exactly what I just told you to Eli? That, that is something, a, another lesson for us. Do we repeat or do we kind of bend God's word a little bit because sometimes we find it very offensive? God's word, let me tell you this, God's word is offensive. It, it, it's offensive. It's offensive towards sinners. It's offensive towards sin, right? Is it not? It's just offensive. Why? Because sin wants to remain in sin, and yet it's an offense, and so therefore we need to respond to that by, as we receive conviction, repent, and ask God for forgiveness. So yes, it is an offense, right? And sometimes we're like, ah, you know... God says that. So it's a test. Just know it's a test. For young Samuel, that's, that's what it was. Now, along with this, just because we have, may have repented for Eli, right? Just because we may have repented and asked for forgiveness doesn't mean that we don't deal with the consequences of our actions. We may be forgiven, but the results of our actions may continue and resonate and often do continue in, in their effect in our lives. Yeah, we, we have to work those out. That's also a, tense, a test of our, the sincerity of our repentance. You know, when, when, let's say, for instance, if I was caught stealing, right? 
And, and let's say I repent, I acknowledge, I, I admit, I have stolen. I am so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Am I forgiven? According to 1 John 1, 9, I am, right? If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, right? I know that I'm forgiven, but am I going to deal with the consequences of my actions? The answer is yes, I am. So just because the Lord forgives us doesn't mean that we don't deal with the consequences of our actions. We, we do. In this case, they were, they were what they have been spoken of here by Eli and the man of God. And, and this is what the Lord told Samuel about Eli. Not something pleasant. And at times the message to give is not pleasant. It's a message of conviction that should lead to repentance. That's the whole point of it. A message of warning. A message that humbles And we know that God disciplines those whom he loves. And so he commands us to exhort, to teach, to rebuke, to encourage, to build up with the very word of God. With his word. And so it's all of these things. This is is why I love going through the word. And and we see a situation like this. And it's, it's all these together at the same time. God is working all of this out. In verse 15. So Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell a vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide, anything, do, do not hide it from me. May God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So after hearing this from the Lord, young Samuel, he went back and he laid down. I I don't imagine he slept very much after that. After hearing something like that, I mean, how, how is it that you can... You can sleep. But we see here how it was that he he got up in the morning. And he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. So that was one of his responsibilities. To open up the, the doors. Open up the house of the Lord. And I imagine that as he was doing that. He was thinking about everything that the Lord had told him. And it says here that he was afraid to tell Eli what he was told. You don't want to tell him this. Who wants to be the bearer of bad news? Nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news, right? Samuel may not have been a very good father to Hophni and Phinehas, but he was doing a pretty good job with Samuel. As we see here, he was, he was a father to young Samuel. He was teaching him how to discern the voice of God. He was teaching him how to minister to the Lord, how to serve the Lord. He was teaching him those things. Sometimes things happen in our lives and we fail in some areas. And let me tell you that with the Lord, you ought to learn to never quit. We may fail in certain areas of our lives, but... 
don't don't quit. Don't quit. A, a, a righteous man, a person who's abiding in Christ, needs to learn how to get up. Keep getting, keep getting up. Keep getting up. Yes, okay. You made mistakes. Repent of that. Ask for forgiveness. Turn from that. But you know what? Continue to do a work in the Lord. Why? Because he, he can still use you. Here we have Eli. He didn't do very well with his two sons, but here he is with Samuel. He's teaching them these things. Because even now, you can see how it was that Eli had this integrity. He could have told them, you know what, I, I really, I, I, have a, I have a feeling. I kind of know what he told you, and, and I don't want to hear it. And he would have taught Samuel how to not speak what he heard from the Lord. That's what he would have told him. Yeah, that's, that's pretty heavy. That's hard to hear. And so you know what? Only tell the people what, what is pleasant. Only tell them. Only tell them what really feels good. Tell them those things. But these things, these difficult things that you hear from the Lord, don't, don't tell them those things. Because you'll drive people away. You'll, you'll, you'll create this division because they'll know you as the person who just, all you're doing is bringing warning and exhortation and you're, all you're doing is rebuking and all of that. Well, if you need rebuke, if you need exhortation, if you need correction, perhaps that's all you will hear until you learn that correction, that exhortation, that rebuke. You apply it, you change, and then you'll hear encouragement, building up, so on and so forth. You understand what I'm saying? And so here was young Samuel learning from Eli. Eli didn't hold anything back. He told him, hey, listen, don't hold anything back. What the Lord told you, you told me. If you don't, may it happen to you. Like, oh, wow, that's, no, I don't want that to happen to me. I'll hold nothing back, okay? Uh, I'll give you everything in its entirety, even even as I know that it's judgment against you. And, And he didn't hold anything back. You see, it's easy to give good news, but when you're God's messenger, you give what you've been given. Nothing more, nothing less. Eli's response is, says, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. Again, this is, this is a, a great example, a great teacher who is telling him, hey, listen, I receive it. It's God's judgment. I deserve it. And he says, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Eli, or I mean Samuel, take note. He just spoke what was true, and, I, and I'm receiving it. Oh, a righteous man is one who receives instruction like that. A fool is the one who turns it away, as it says in Proverbs. A fool turns away instruction. A fool turns away correction. That's what, that's what the Bible tells us. And here was this man, Eli. Like, I, I receive it. It's the Lord. Eli was humble to receive whatever the Lord had decided to do. It is a humble repentance that we see here and a reception of what sovereign God has decided to do. And that's what he was, he was, uh, uh, what he was communicating to Samuel. No matter what, Samuel was learning how to respond, listen, and deliver God's word. And then verses 19 through 21 says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. 
And this says that Samuel was being established as a prophet. This is what we have here in these final verses of this chapter. Samuel is being established as a prophet. And it was known basically from sea to shining sea is what we would know it today. Throughout the whole country, from Dan to Beersheba, from north to south, it, it's, it's known. Everyone in Israel was aware of this. What's important here is that God is, uh, is with Samuel. And Samuel was growing. He was learning and ministering to the Lord. He was growing in that area. The, and the Lord appeared and revealed himself by the word of the Lord. And that's, a, that's how he reveals himself to us today, by the word of the Lord. He shows himself. He is known in that way. Some things just in conclusion to share with you. And this is how, and this is in line with what, what we've gone over right now. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11, 12, 11 and 12. God speaking to Elijah says, And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And the New King James uh, says, a still small voice. Look to God's word and his word and not within the chaos and turmoil of your circumstances. Think about that. It's a still small voice. If you can look beyond your circumstances, the difficulties that you're faced with, look beyond them and just... Just learn to have blinders on. Although the world may be falling apart, look beyond your circumstances. Look to the word of God that is unfailing because it's going to speak to you in that still, small voice. Listen to that. Not your circumstances. Not the earthquake. Not the fire. Not the wind. Not the broken rocks or the broken mountain. None of, don't look at that. Listen, look to that still, small voice. He will direct you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, with, with the fullness of your heart, with the, the sincerity of your life. You will seek the Lord. You will find him when you're looking for him. When you're looking for him. Uh, Moses in Exodus 3, 4 says, When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. And this is how he responded. Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. This is how we should respond. Isaiah, how he responded in 6, 8. I love this. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. This is how we ought to respond, presenting ourselves to the Lord. And, and how is it that we ought to hear? Well, Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Even in Luke six forty six, Jesus speaking says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? It, it, these are basic things, right? Why is it that you call me Lord, Lord, and then you don't do what I tell you to do? We should respond, be responding, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I want to respond to your word. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John ten twenty seven. Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So there it says again, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God.
Learning to recognize and discern the voice of the Lord is something that I'm always praying for. I'm always praying for that. Always. And, you know, that when and what the Holy Spirit brings to my attention at the time he does will be followed through with and bring glory to the Lord. That's, that's my desire. That's what I want. I want to I be able to do that with greater accurateness and, and just more glory to the Lord. May we learn how to discern the voice of God. Responding correctly when we hear the voice of God. When we hear him speak. And may we learn how to deliver what he speaks to us to others. Without any reservations. Fully and completely. Without holding back anything. May we learn by what young Samuel was learning under the tutelage of Eli. May we learn to discern the voice of God. Heavenly Father, we desire to bless and honor you. But Lord, we will only do that as we exercise what we do know now and continue to grow in our understanding of your word, that when we are faced with different situations, we take them to be what they are. Oftentimes, it's a test of our character. It's a a trial through which We're being refined as golden fire. We are learning in those moments how to discern your still small voice in the midst of falling rock or an earthquake or fire. Strong winds that are breaking everything around us. Do we look to you or do we look to ourselves or do we look to others? Lord, it only reveals what's in our own hearts and where we truly are in our walks with you. And therefore, reveals to us how it is that we still have more to grow. We still have more to learn. We need to seek you with all sincerity, and we know that as we seek you, we will find you. And the truth of your word will guide and direct us. As your word tells us that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Your word we hide in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Lord, pray that you would keep us from all of that. From sinning against you and that you would place us on that that narrow path and, and help us to stay on it. Lord, to guide and direct us even when we are faced with different testings and trials throughout our lives. May we discern your still small voice. May we learn to cling to you, trust in you, fixing our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Make our ears sensitive. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.